Okay, so Lua, um, we're currently, the last few weeks, we've been trying to figure out how to do our open. Because we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, where mm, when... The bit continues. Yeah, the bit continues. Uh, when it. I was just the host, and it was solely me every single uh, I would introduce the guests, and it would be much more Callahan, you know, oriented. But now that we have a, uh, let me use your uh, given name, uh, Buttfart Stardust 69. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, now that we have one uh, Ian uh, of the Comedian Clan, uh, it, it feels unfair to me to be the leader of all discussions. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Like, mm -hmm, it feels mm -hmm. like we should share some. Uh, so what what are we've been brainstorming trying to figure out how we should do our openings i got for the it. last few weeks okay welcome to the mind sculptors where i'm the mind and he's the sculptor <laughs> get it who's who's what i think yeah, Cal's so the mind and definitely not a a bimbo and i think you're the, you're the, the way you said that makes me think that you kind of think I am a bimbo. <laughs> <laughs> also, for anybody wondering, this is not my second head moving around. This is comedian MTG in the same what? room. No, we don't live together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's not very Christian of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have separate prayers and we pray every night. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think the two of you make a very uh welcoming very gay very uh, us never <laughs> very like silly space so i don't know how you would introduce guests but i think there's a la funny bit last sure. week what was it that we did last week with uh michael where we uh just did the intro in the middle of the episode <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, maybe we I, don't do that anymore yeah I, I flashed it in in response to michael's talking yeah for sure <laughs> Uh, we we've also tried doing shock jock intros, yeah, shock like jock. early shock jock intro. Yeah. Welcome everybody to the Mind Sculptors. Mm -hmm. So uh, Lewis' suggestion was uh, that we are welcoming and gay. So hello, welcome to the Mind Sculptors. You're welcome here, and also we're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's significantly better. <laughs> I do think that's good. Okay. <laughs> Is that the cold open? Is that what you want, Cal? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Mind Sculptors, where we are gay <laughs> and welcoming. <laughs> and we don't talk about anything else. There's not even a matter. Yeah, yeah. the, the only thing that we do. And, you know, it really play. you know, I, I do like that because it does kind of play into the whole right wing, like, all oh, the gay agenda, because, you know, we are sculpting minds here. Mm -hmm. You have the gayest uh, so. logo I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It's just uh, you saw my old logo, right? It was no. This pretty, is gayer. Uh, it's pretty it's gay. just a big DMS. It's pretty gay, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you know we do we do uh, have the pride flag mm -hmm. uh, integrated into the logo. So, what? Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, if you haven't noticed, we are joined by one of the most stardusty sculpty family members. Which is uh, one Lewis Stardust. How are you today? That was the pitch. That yeah, was the that, pitch. It's me. I'm Lewis Stardust. I'm one half of the Scry Babies, but I'm also sometimes a sculpty boy. And I was asked here today to hang out with two of my favorite people and talk about CDH and 
why it's so special and why, why more people it. should be playing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, absolutely. Uh, so before we get into that, I do want to mm. share uh, a story. Um, because last night I went to go see, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, uh, but I went to go see Macy Peters uh, live in Columbus, who is a very, very talented young artist. Um, she's kind of like if Taylor Swift grew up in England um, and was born in the year 2000. Mm. Um, okay. But so we're, we're there and mm -hmm. we all know this. I'm I'm turning 30 soon. Um I I kid you not, we were the oldest people in the building by mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've never felt that age gap so significantly yeah, <laughs> before yeah, in my yeah. entire life where I was just like 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 there were certain times where Macy Peters who is I think 22, 23 mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. like that would talk yeah. about the songs about growing up and in becoming becoming an adult and i just want I, i'm standing there in the audience going oh honey <laughs> there's still time yeah it's I, i've just been playing different taylor swift songs in my head but in like a really aggressive cockney accent ever since you made that comparison so that's where my mind's been at <laughs> yeah. she's kind of she's kind of like alt pop like taylor sure, swift, sure, sure. so yeah it's but uh highly recommend her. It was a good show. Um Yeah, Ian's been mind sculpted. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. my, yeah. My are you are you enjoying uh Taylor Swift these days? We're getting 1989. I know. <laughs> just announced last night. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is a Taylor Swift podcast now. Ian <laughs> looks so excited. <laughs> mm. Taylor Mind Sculptor Swift. <laughs> Back to CDH. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so we all started playing CEDH um, at different times, I feel like. I was going to say um, vastly different times, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Ian and I probably, like, I started playing around 2016. It was not too long after mm -hmm. the Flash mm -hmm. Band. Uh, Ian, you started playing, what uh, was it? Ravnica Allegiance, I think that's 2018. Yeah. And then Lua, you started playing CEDH. Right before like... called, well, so I started playing Magic right before called time. And then okay. maybe that okay. summer I started dabbling with CDH. Mm -hmm. um, and I've only been playing Magic for almost three years, like not that long. So, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. So we've yeah, all. So mine's like tail end of 2018. I was just looking okay. that up too, because Revnik Allegiance was when I started getting like into, into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my introduction was the Commander 2016 decks. Mm. Uh, because I will never forget our local Walmart had them on clearance um, mm. because they were the Japanese language copies. Oh my God. Now they're worth like got, $6 million. Yeah. yeah. I got like two of each of those decks for like 20 mm -hmm. bucks a pop. Crazy. Like, That's actually insane. Yeah. It was like on like a lot of how I've gotten my like mox diamonds and yeah. mana crypts and like those expensive cards are off the back of, c16 cards um so that's like my my like when i started like mm -hmm. playing it um although i wasn't deeply embedded anywhere it was mostly mm -hmm. just like watching lab man videos yeah um <laughs> which i feel like was what 
a lot of yeah i mean i I was watching laboratory maniacs like way before actually ever played cedh2 right so i was like i was one of the people who like now comment on my videos right but like they're like i enjoy absorbing the content because it makes my casual decks better it's like great cool like that's is that bridge you know i was watching comedian mtg before i started playing cedh (laughs) and no look at us (laughs) i hate him so (laughs) yeah he's the fucking worst Mm -hmm. um so <laughs> let me let me ask this question is hmm. so I think an interesting like starting point for this is what was it that caused us all to like pursue CEDH like hmm. why CEDH because I think that's like a big part of why people should give it a chance I think discussing a little bit of why we gave it a mm-hmm. chance to begin with yeah. and I think Lua you're uh being you know not the permanent uh, always here individual that you are uh we let guests go first i don't know <laughs> how to say that was the worst way to say you could just say we that like was... guests go first well i don't know how to say this is this is what's wild about being like Lua, sometimes Lua, your reality yeah. is not one that you we exist say, in and now Lua. sometimes the reality that you're existing in currently is one where you are present and I'm therefore <laughs> You say, Lua, see, right now guest. we're talking in the past. Oh no! Uh, but <laughs> I'm gonna turn my um, camera off. I'm gonna leave. So, how how was it that you like? What was it that really got you to pursue like getting into CED? Uh so I heard about it a lot at my LGS, where people will be like playing for packs, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like we'd go to compete on Sunday, and that was like the prize pool. Um, and people would be like, "I'm playing against CDH. This is bullshit." but the decks were not cdh they were just like way higher powered usually Um, is how that works (laughs) yeah and so Mm -hmm. because i kept hearing about cdh i like did my research on it and i was like this actually seems really fun because like i like to play powerful cards and powerful spells um i want to play like the best decks and i want to play as fast as possible because i don't want to be in a three-hour commander game like i want to try to which Mm. recently there was a finals match that was four hours so maybe that's not always the case with cdh but yeah uh, I think it was a lot of the misconceptions of it being a turn one, turn two win game, which it can be sometimes if you're really, really lucky. Um, but researching and looking into stuff, it made me realize that there's so much more to it. And that was where I got interested in playing. Yeah. Um, Ian, I know for you, like you said, you and I were both cut our teeth on Lab Maniacs videos. Mm-hmm. What was it that kind of got you to take that first step? Yeah, so I always had like a casual appreciation for it, rather like it was never something I was active uh, with. But I was always like, I've always been like the the research type with magic. So I was mm-hmm. looking at new decks, looking at all those things, and but like I was aware of what powerful decks were. Um, and there was a a guy at my local game store who basically had this like ninety five percent Najila deck, right? Like it was missing some of the pieces, but like it did the combo really quickly. It, it was able to execute its wins like at a very efficient rate. Had all the tutors and stuff like that. Um, and the only one who would ever like keep up with them was when I played this, like I had a mono blue, uh, Naban, like the ETV doubler oh, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, and I had that deck and it would just like be able to counter a spell at the right time or like balance the thing. And he was like, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, you, you play like really interactive games with me. He's like, you should actually like, I'm trying to make that step up to CEDH. Like you should join us. Right. Um, and ironically, this was due to uh, Brayden happening to be in my my local scene at the time. So, yeah. you know, Brayden had been like profiting around uh, upper Massachusetts being like, <laughs> come play the, the glory of CEDH. Uh, 
And so there was another store near us who like people were starting to build like high power decks, right? And then the the combination of the two kind of got me interested. And I was like, sure, like whatever, I'll build uh kind of a meme deck. And and at the time, uh Braden was not uh incurring a lot of favor at, from the people at my store. So I built Fibble Thip uh to basically like troll on the CEDH players. Yeah. <laughs> <at my store. laughs> uh and then I ended up just having a lot of fun with it. And like at the time like as a casual player i'm a very casual player like i like playing very stupid decks that do very yeah. dumb things and like my whole point is usually never to actually try and win the game it's usually to do something dumb like draw my entire deck and die right like <laughs> that's how i am playing casual magic and i was just like always getting so exhausted by these power level discrepancies that like yeah. by the time i started playing cedh i was like oh like i get to do the broken stuff i get to do the cool stuff i can still play stupid cards like fucking fibble thip and still like play at this higher power level right yeah. Um, you know, maybe Fibble Tips a little rotated out at this point, but uh, the idea was still the same. And at the local store, it didn't matter quite as much. Um, and I remember Malinka Five and winning a game with like Urza and Thrasios and Timna and like just a bunch of good decks at the table. And I was like, I won with Fibble Tip. I'm the best player in the world. And like, yeah, <laughs> that that's my my villain origin. But like, wow. <laughs> but no, like it was genuinely, it was just it was a format that caught me really early on and it wasn't like i didn't have the classic like oh uh, well our our decks kept ramping up in power level till we were playing cd it was like, it was like no someone was just like hey come play this thing i think you're a good player and i was like okay yeah. <laughs> so that that that's i i unfortunately have kind of the more uh the the i i feel like the old boomer in this mm-hmm, group mm-hmm. uh because basically so how i got into it was uh my roommate uh and i played meander like every night with uh, Mm. one of our best friends we always had people over like every other night or every night or something like that um and uh he had built derevi this was Mm -hmm. before c16 came out so this is like uh i think kalida should just come out Oh yeah, um, so like dramatic reversal is just the yeah. Kind of thing. And like, so yeah. he had Derevi, Tassiger, uh, the the uh, Teferi, Planeswalker, Commander, mm-hmm. like only played control decks, and I always wanted to play like the typal, uh, really high synergy decks. Which mm-hmm. if you've seen any of my casual decks, I love high synergy decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just I could never keep up with him. And then my other roommate, when Kaladesh came out, uh, started playing Rashmi all the yeah. time, and so I was just kind of stuck between two mm-hmm. uh control players. And yep. so I was like, all right, fine. So I built uh Thrasios and Vile Smasher, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of started getting into doing that and playing that more. Uh, I eventually moved down to Athens, Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. and at that game store, uh, they had like a commander night, and yeah. I would play Kess because Kess had just kind of came out, mm-hmm. and I would get yelled at constantly for playing it because I would win kind of a lot because yeah. I would do the double team impact thing, um, mm-hmm. and people just like weren't super into it and i was just mm-hmm. like oh i mean we're here there's prizes and i just like yeah that's, like what we're here for right mm-hmm. um and i had one guy throw like a deck box at me because it was just like um like 
we're here to have fun. We're not here to win. And I was like, okay, I, I am having fun and I am (laughs) trying to have fun, but it's less fun when, uh, you know, I'm getting yelled at. Yeah. Um, I think that's of a course. big misconception too, is that you can't have fun. Like, I guess when everybody at the table is there to like do the same thing, then it's more fun, right? But yeah. I think there's a misconception that CDH is just like not fun. <laughs> yeah. Like it, yeah. Th- th- that was one of the things we'll get into is like, there's a lot of people, especially in that like comments uh, on that Twitter thread that you did mm-hmm. uh, that we're talking about, Oh, it's not very fun. And I'm like, have you really given it a try? Because mm-hmm. it's a lot more fun than I think you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I did that. And then, uh, when I moved to Lincoln, uh, I immediately, uh, got involved in their commander scene. And that's when mm-hmm. I met Phoenix and yep. Phoenix was, if I'm a magic boomer, he mm-hmm. is a greatest generation magic <laughs> player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so like he and I got, uh, got really close. And so from there it was just, you know, here we are now. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's kind of my villain backstory was <laughs> my roommate played too much to Revy and Tassiger and mm-hmm. now I play Tidbit. So <laughs> I, I do think there's like, uh, an interesting conversation kind of going off what you were saying though, that like, I feel like casual is a really fun deck building format. Whereas I feel like CEDH is like much more entertaining to play. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that like there's like this mission when you're playing casual games, where you're like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm doing the thing. But like sometimes people would be like, I, I play a squirrel deck, and you're like, yeah, cool. Like the squirrel deck's very cool. And then like they don't actually do anything, or they win with a combo that has nothing to do with squirrels. And it's like, yeah, that's I feel like how a lot of casual games I see like go is like people get really excited about the deck and either a the deck is very generic and just kind of like a bad CEDH deck or it's a really cool interesting deck but then doesn't actually get to execute what they're trying to do with their game plan and even if they do it's still like okay everyone was there for three hours so that they could lose to a squirrel combo you know what I mean right and I'm not saying all casual games are not fun like I have a ton of fun playing with casual magic and I do also really enjoy doing it with friends which I think is kind of really important for, for regular community. <laughs> well, I think that's why a lot of casual players have a hard time wanting mm. to play it because they want the ability to build a thing that's their baby, yeah. like yeah. their signature deck, their, their mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that like, you know, I stand by going by Ian's Winona list, but changing out like five cards because I want it to be my deck, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not always like the best choices, but they're things that I feel more comfortable playing yeah. and they're cards that win me games that, because I feel like I'm playing them better. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is like, you can switch a couple cards. Is it the most optimized thing to do it? Maybe not, but I think that's why a lot of players have a hard time wanting to transition over to like playing mm-hmm. CDH. I also think there's a, a sentiment about like what's optimized for one player is not optimized yes. for another. Right. Like we talked mm-hmm. about before we're in, uh, we're talking about like Sylvan library and how you hate a resolve in that card. Right. Uh, and I was like, yeah, just don't play it for this tournament. Like you haven't had enough time to practice with it. Like if you're going to not feel comfortable with it, like don't fucking play it. Right. Yeah. And like that is, I think it's a super valid competitive choice. Yes. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> the card's fine. The card's good. It just puts like pressure on my life total when I don't want to have to be that person that has pressure yeah, yeah, on the yeah. life total. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I've literally had this conversation about that card, like four or five times during coaching with multiple people, like not just yeah. with you. Like it's like a thing. <laughs> and like, I mean, there are cards, uh, Ian and I have talked about this before mm. where like uh, for a long time uh, in my stack stacks, for instance, people would be like, why aren't you playing rule of laws? And I'm like, I don't like playing rule of laws. 
Like it's just straight up. I don't like playing under rule of law, so I'm not going to play it because I play like a complete idiot when I have a rule of law out. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, I just, Mm -hmm. and the other thing is too, is I think there's a misconception about what CEDH is um, in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think a lot of people think it's like just a bunch of ROG side decks and well we're yeah. not really helping with that like we're not we're not really helping with that uh, i mean i disagree we have tiam winning multiple tournaments in a row like you Online, know what i mean like yeah. we've got a lot of a variety in it i would argue the audience and or the the hosts of this cast actually do help a lot with the narrative of, of no, yeah not i think <laughs> you do i think yeah, you yeah. do yeah but i'm saying that i don't think that's always the same like look at when we go to an event and there's like six people playing the same thing it's like a cult right it becomes this like mm. little cult mentality of like this is you the best call joke it right a cabal? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that is what is that um but no i mean so like there's there's always going to be the problem is there's a, a major divide in the in the format and the mentality talking about the format right now and i think mm-hmm. this is where uh so we we got really really lucky in that we had flash ban and then the return to humanity, basically, right. uh, were really good for CEDH in general, right? Because people started to go, okay, actually, they don't like cards like Flash because they're fucking toxic and a lot, right? And no one likes playing those same patterns over and over again. No one likes losing on turn one, turn zero. No, one, no one's happy about that situation, right? Uh, and I think that put a spotlight on CEDH that wasn't there before. Then yep. uh, we had post or like mid to post COVID, right? Or post lockdown per se, right? We're still technically in COVID, but that um, that reality allowed people to be inside playing a lot of Commander a lot more, right? Which meant mm-hmm. that Commander got a huge focus. Uh, and with that also CEDH grew because if Commander is getting so much focus, there's going to be people who stumble into the higher power thing more often, right? Like right. enough play groups are going to accelerate when you give them enough time to do so. And guess what? People had a lot of time during lockdown to accidentally start playing CEDH, right? Um, and so like all of these things combined led to a really positive narrative for the format because then we had an event like MC Vegas, or I guess it was not MC at the time, but it was it was GP or, or Magic Fest Vegas yeah uh, in in 19 where or 2020 i guess whenever the hell it was uh but we had vegas where a bunch of people from cedh came out they were really solid arbiters for the format they left a really positive presence and like all of the people in the casual space i heard were like oh yeah the cedh players came out and they were all really cool and then that kept happening (laughs) yeah the format actually started to look good (laughs) which was really nice um but then there came the counter movement which was okay but now the tournament scene's picking up a little bit which means that there are going to be the grinders, right? And sometimes there are people having mixed narratives, right? There are some people who are talking about what I want to see at a tournament, and there are people who are talking about CEDH as a thing in general, right? And there are some people who have a really hard time differentiating those mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed that happens all the time, especially with people who I like, like as as a someone who specializes in tournaments i still have those dialogues all the time where i'm like you're not talking about the same thing i'm talking about i have coaching sessions where i'm telling somebody how to play at their local store that i would never tell them advice for in the general scene right but like i am able to differentiate those and actually help the people i work with i would even argue or like say that we see that at tournaments a lot too it's the yeah yeah yeah. 100 Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean we talked about this last week with michael where uh when you're at like a tournament 
and you kind of can just get buried at like the bottom table and if you lose and then you just kind of get buried and that's kind of how that uh you 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 see that mentality mm-hmm. a lot uh in the difference between like the top tables and the bottom mm-hmm. tables at those tournaments mm-hmm. Like even the the example I have the guy at Baltimore who like was gonna fetch or he's gonna wish claw into an opposition agent because he was like oh well this guy went last and he multi four so I might as well give him the game and I was like this is a tournament with thousands of dollars on the lines what did you just say out loud like <laughs> yeah like that difference in that mentality right there was like super indicative of that too you know what I mean? yeah yeah so a couple couple things I wanted to do too here is there were some. People, because the the initial your initial thread started with, <laughs> uh, you asking a question. Yeah, of, I said casual players. What's stopping you from trying CDH? And I thought maybe like a hundred people would see it and respond. And there's five hundred and thirty eight responses <laughs> on, on this thread. I did not know it got worse. A hundred and seventy one thousand views. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't um, like. I knew it was gonna start conversation. I didn't think it was gonna be like that. No. <laughs> you you knew it was our conversation not controversy <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um one of the responses i thought that was very interesting was uh brian kibler gave a response um where he basically said that the politics are part of what invalidates cedh as a competitive format in my mind i don't want to be completely invested mm. in a game that i can lose because someone convinced one of my other opponents to do something bad for me or makes a mistake in another opponent's favor. Um, so this is, this is the conversation of, and I've, I've heard this with so many 60 card grinders who are like convert over to CEDH. And there's some people who get it right. Like Koval yeah. who like gets this right away. But it's like, if you're going to treat the features like a bug, then you're never going to like this format. Right. Yeah. But to me, that is a feature of the format, right? Like the political aspect of CEDH is a feature of the format. The fact that someone can come with the best deck at the table and still not win a game because the other three players banded together because their decks weren't firing and were not like, you can have the best cards from your deck because variance went your way and you can still lose that game because the other players can work together. I yeah. think you can also like yeah. rely on other players in that way. And yes. sometimes it sucks when you're like, okay, I really need you to have this counter spell. But mm-hmm. I think it's also like you can benefit so much from having two additional players either stopping yeah. somebody, but also maybe they give you resources or mm-hmm. things that matter. So I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think Steve actually did a kind of good thread about it um, where he compared it to Survivor, which I think it's mm-hmm. very much like Survivor with the social aspects, right? Um, but <laughs> Excuse I think, you. Like, I, that is part of the appeal. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's our Cal thing, has, too. We just put out merch uh, the other day. I've been, to be fair, no, no. Cal has been saying this for a year and a half, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I have been saying this for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you guys go, get along. Getting yeah. so much shit about it. Um, no, but I think it is true, right? Like, it's very much this social aspect that mm-hmm. is why we love Commander already, right? We love Commander because it's a very social aspect. There's politics. It's fun. And yeah. the one thing I always say with CDH is, like, I play CDH to win and have fun. And then I play casual to have fun. And then like, if I win, cool. Right. right. So I don't, there's some times where I'm not having the most fun. Cause I might be a little tilted, which is very rare. 
Uh, yeah. In a match, I will say. Ian's laughing because mm-hmm. I get tilted with him all the time. That's different. But, um, <laughs> but I'm not like, if, if I went and the games made me so miserable, then I just wouldn't play that anymore. Yeah. 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 Period. Exactly. Like, it just wouldn't spend my time, my money, my resources to do a thing if it was that miserable. Yeah. One of my favorite things is like when people who are like, oh, yeah, like the, the, the whole like, I want to play to have fun thing. And it's like, I have a record of me playing drunk like like that is not like a like i recorded like i'm saying i have i know for a fact i have like a near 100 percent win rate while completely drunk out of my mind and it's like if this was not a fun format i don't think i would be playing this format absolutely smashed with my friends at two in the morning right like it's like <laughs> it's like we do this thing to have fun with it and it's like right. it's, it's like little things like that exist out of it because like i hear like all the time they're like this is probably like an older mentality with it but like people used to be like oh well i just want to be able to like crack open a beer and have a good time with my friends and i was like you can't like there's nothing stopping that from being a cdh environment yeah. at all i think that's the same kind of people that again say it's a yeah. turn one or turn two format or it's just mm-hmm. thos's oracle which yeah. is like listen i'll fist fight thos's oracle all day that's my brand <laughs> but like it's a viable win con i'm never gonna shit yeah. on somebody for playing it there's also me fist fighting rock side players yeah <laughs> yeah I literally like look at my tournament record like there's mm-hmm. a few wins with thos's oracle in that entire thing and i'm aware i'm like the exception to certain rules right but like i have been playing this format for a really long time and doing success like successful runs and tournaments for a long time without playing the oracle console a lot mm-hmm. of the time like I'm, I'm i have like the the highest like my decks that don't have black in them are like some of the best non-black performing decks in the format and it's because like the format's open like you can still do that stuff mm-hmm. and if it was just like play fast oracle or lose like i wouldn't be doing this <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The fact, the, the, the fact that I can show up to a tournament with Arden Silas mm-hmm. or Arden Crom and be competitive and be like in like the running for top 16. Mm-hmm. You can come, you, you can show up with a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. there is, this is something I've said for a long time. There's so much unexplored space in CEDH. It's on, it, it's insane. We have no idea what this format can do. We have Whenever like, somebody on Twitter yeah. tries to say, it, Drake Sasser says this and it always drives me nuts. He's like, oh, you, we're going to, we've almost solved CEDH. And I'm like, you aren't even close to cracking the tip of the iceberg because you have looked at four decks. You haven't explored 
every option. Drake also loves throwing hot takes out there. Oh, yeah, also, for sure. We have, think of, we just solved all the magic product come until 2025. Like, there's so much stuff that's going to happen. We're never going to solve this, no. right? No. There's going to be a hot streak for a while where we're like, this is the best, like, Blue Farm for a while. Everyone was like, Blue Farm is the best. There's nothing else. Right now, it's like the wrong side. Like, then it's Marty Simmer. Then it's all these things that, like, will be the top thing for a while that mm -hmm. gets talked about a lot, but it doesn't mean that things aren't going to change. I think yeah. there's, like, room for the slicers of the world that come show yeah. up mess things up make it really fun and then people want to talk <laughs> about it right but i think it's fun that there's those underdog decks or random decks and, and yeah. exceptional pilots that play them and that we're not only in a meta which is just blue farm or just rock side like even if we're seeing a lot of it there are yeah. other things and if it was yeah. just that i would be bored people yeah. ask all and the time they'll be like what are the best cdh decks and i'm like these perform well but like are they the best yeah i don't even know that they perform well they just what? are played a lot and so <laughs> by default end up getting a lot of results because yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. they're played a lot um but i mean that's, like one that's the argument for a different conversation i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but like one thing uh going back to your point on survivor that i think is very important and this is one of the things that i i think is i I, laugh at me only one i don't care uh brian <laughs> cook can make fun of me for making the survivor uh comparison but whatever the reality of it is is let's look at survivor as an example for this there have been pro athletes that go on to survivor mm -hmm. and yeah, lose absolutely boned yeah because yeah they're, they're threatening yeah <laughs> like they the people like this is one of the things that I have like i always try to explain and this is why i like the survivor metaphor so much mm -hmm is who are the good survivor players the people like think about who won what was it was it 40 the last season or the season before where the whole season she mm. just kind of sat in the back didn't really talk a whole lot kind of just would integrate a little bit with everybody and then made one big move right at the end that got mm -hmm. everybody and then mm -hmm. she won the whole thing like mm -hmm. that is almost exactly the best way of winning in cedh mm -hmm. to a t is to not draw a lot of attention to yourself, mm -hmm. not like be quiet and then make a big move and take yeah. advantage of it when you see your window. And, and it's it like it really hard when your face is publicly pasted everywhere talking about how well you've done, because then every single game is an arch enemy game. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. yeah. That's um, why I play that. <laughs> yeah i just i just play like shit so that nobody wants to mm -hmm. deal with me so i'm gonna play bad until that one time i play good <laughs> they'll never see it coming so let's let's talk about let's go through uh the if people want to play cedh part of it and they've we've, mm. we've given them some thoughts like what are some of the like, we we have this twitter thread here uh mm. but one of the first things that Lua brings up is the the money aspect of cedh because like it and be very expensive. Like I said, like I bought a Mox Diamond because I was fortunate enough to get really good deals on C16. Uh, yeah. Not everybody's going to get that. So like what, uh, go through that for me for a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of important ports like on this thread, I think, but financial mm -hmm. stuff is like a big thing. Um, one, we are so proxy friendly. Your LGS might not be online. We are very proxy friendly. A lot of tournaments have been relatively proxy friendly. Um, they sometimes have play test cards as well if you cannot export like afford the expensive reserve list cards mm -hmm. or other stuff so mm -hmm. there is a lot of resources in that way one thing i always recommend to people too is if you're not sure you want to spend your dollars on a deck moxfield has the play test feature that you can do on mm -hmm. your pc where you can mm -hmm. try out a deck and see if you like it 
Um, I use that a lot to play test hands. I'm sure Ian has talked about that a lot as well, but mm. it is a really good resource to see if you like a deck without spending the money on buying a paper deck in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like some people really have the, what's the word you would say? They, they don't have the desire to play proxy. They want it to be like 100% yeah. real. And I get that. No, I mean, like, I'm very, like, I'm very much that way. Like, I like to own the cards. Um, yeah. And so uh, I understand that sentiment. But, like, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I, I think is very important to point out is there is so much, there's also just a lot of budget resources out there anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, there, uh, one thing that I think is a resource that doesn't get talked about enough is, uh, uh, to me, T1000's uh, like budget brews website, like that is a very very good resource for the community because it shows you, hey, here are some like like he has a whole thing on Moxfield. Here's budget options for mana bases, budget options for interaction suites, all mm-hmm. of these different things, mm-hmm. and I think those are important, especially when you have people like SCG who are coming in and they're like, no problem. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. sure. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Which we saw like such a difference in, in decks when there was no proxies. I think at least I did. I don't know if you've been in that kind of experience, Ian, but like to see, um, well, for people that could not afford like specific mana rocks and lands, seeing what they switched out for them was mm-hmm. really interesting to me. Um, yeah, I, I think I maybe was because I I got in the top pods pretty early uh, for SCG Baltimore. I didn't see a lot wow, of that. Just yeah. mm-hmm. no, so I, mean, good. I, I went undefeated into the thing, right? Yeah, like zero four yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, it was it was interesting to see like what people chose, and some mm-hmm. of them I, were mm-hmm. random things I'd never really heard of or like didn't see play a lot. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and some of them made a lot of sense too. I think that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it, it's definitely a thing. Like it's been a thing since the age of time. Like people are going to play cdh decks that they have in paper right mm-hmm. and uh as you mentioned like the local game stores or scgs and stuff like that are gonna be those non-proxy spaces but like if we look at the history of this format right now like scgs just dipping their toes in and i would not consider that like the premier place to play cedh right now and mm-hmm. like that's like if you want to play it, like I mean, Eminence is doing an amazing job at putting on really good professional tournaments, mm-hmm. Mox Masters and Chaos, all online, completely proxy friendly. There's literally no reason to like worry about these budgets in your deck. And like, if you're worried about playing cards that don't feel like cards, like if you're not like me and you're not fine just printing off a piece of paper and slapping it on a piece of cardboard, go to a print website. You spend fifty dollars to test a ten thousand dollar deck or whatever, and then you'll know. And you can don't and like you don't have to own any a, a single piece of these cards, right? And you can play in a tournament with this fifty dollars stack, right? Like it's a, the price of a popper deck basically to print off a proxy thing from a good proxy site, right? And it's and, and then you can take it to any tournament forever and pay, buy real cards, like you, you can buy a real dispel or like whatever, like the, the the things that are like fifty cents, and it's not going to break the bank for you, right? I think of that too. Um... There is, oh my god, you made me lose my tree. I thought I had one. It was there. The dog. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing with magic in Commander in general, it's 100 cards, right? So like, if you eventually save up and you're like, I'm going to buy this Mox Diamond, this mm-hmm. Mana Crypt, this thing, you can like still have multiple CDH decks and rotate out your mm-hmm. like expensive cards and use them. It's mm-hmm. not like you're playing Legacy or something where you have to have like multiples of a very expensive card. So I think that's right. really nice too. 
Um, also kind of related, but not related. Ian and I are going to be at Magicon Vegas, and I'm trying to set up mm. a day, probably Friday. We'll post about it closer, where yeah. we're going to have a bunch of decks and like proxy decks and stuff for people to come learn how to play CDH, or if there's like a deck they want to try out, um, will be us and other content creators kind of set up. So if this is something that's interesting to you and you don't have the funds or uh, you're not sure what you want to play, we'll have like anywhere from like 10 to 15 decks to like try yeah. out for the weekend and see if it's for you. So right. just throwing that out yeah. there. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, so like this is, I mean, really like, yeah, I, yeah, I can't push this notion enough and, and we'll probably advertise it more as time goes on. But uh, like Lua pitched this idea, a lot of people in the community have gotten really behind it. And it's like, it's a, they, it's 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 the most free opportunity if you're going to go to this event to like get to dip your toes in the format and also like a bunch of content creators are volunteering their time to like sit down and play games with people for yeah. like, no charge and also teach you for free so like it seems like a pretty good thing and like seriously props for fluid but throwing it together like yeah i think i don't want to take full more. credit because i know josh um from elden drunken highlander has been doing it for a while but getting mm -hmm. to like make it bigger and have more content creators and like a space to learn right that, that was you. yeah i know i'm trying really hard i want it to be welcoming because i think this format is yeah. very welcoming and i think there's a lot of misconceptions that it's not yeah that, that was another thing that uh you talked about on that thread was one of the concerns some people had was gatekeeping and mm -hmm. uh that you have to know your deck well enough and that in, in, in to be completely fair we have talked about on this channel mm -hmm. Uh, very like often when we were talking about like art doing our tier lists or talking about like our power rankings and going to a tournament like hey you probably want to know your deck if for mm -hmm. specific decks but i mean like that is not us saying don't try these things you know what i mean like we're talking yeah. purely if you're wanting to go and perform and do well in an event right mm -hmm. like that that's very different yeah yep. i think there's um like I don't want to tell you how to play your deck. It's not my mm -hmm. job to. If we're playing for money, we're playing for prizing. I'm not telling you how to play your deck. That's your own job. Yeah. But I don't think you have to play like the meta list, the things that are on the database. Like I yeah. think you can play things that speak to you, but you need to know one, what kind of like things you should be looking out for when cons, combos, et cetera. You need to make sure your deck is at least going to keep up with the table because when your deck is like, unable to keep the table that's one person that's basically sitting out while the three of us have to like fight for our lives right mm -hmm. um but i i haven't i've only had like maybe one or two instances where somebody was like rather rude to me at a table um and i've been playing like i said for two years and maybe i know that's maybe a little bit biased or like privileged to say um but I would argue that like most of the time it's very welcoming and like usually after the game's finished, we talk a little bit about the game and what happened during it too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really nice. And there's a lot of online resources. Like I know um, that we have a discord. I believe you have a discord where like game nights happen, right? So there's definitely a lot of opportunities to play these decks beforehand in mm -hmm. spaces that are welcoming where I know that you and I are very like um, mm -hmm. inclusive in our spaces and right. we want to make sure it's like a safe place to space, mm -hmm. safe place to play. <laughs> um just so a safe are... place in general yeah, right? yeah you know like that's kind of like my whole thing with it in general mm -hmm. and that's one of the other things too not to interrupt you but in no, general no. i found cedh to be probably one of the most um like affirming uh communities in the game like as far as like 
gender, sexuality, those sorts of things. It's, like, it's the most woke magic community. Like it sure. really like, is <laughs> like the most woke magic community by like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't know what the sort of crossover is between queer people and CEDH, but for some reason, but it a, seems a to be a circle. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it is astonishing how many people are uh, queer and play CEDH. It's almost like mm-hmm. we were all outcasts for a little while. Um. <laughs> Good yeah. band. No. Uh. Um, with that thread, so we talked about gatekeeping. We talked about the money aspect. Mm. Uh, we talked about people just thinking the game is not fun, which is crazy to me because uh, we still politic, we have socialization, and we enjoy the game the same way. Um, the one thing I didn't talk about was just the people that were like, it's not for me, or I don't care for this, which is fine. It does not have to be for you if it doesn't like want you to be. But a lot of people were saying they felt dumb. <laughs> that made me so sad. They, mm. they didn't feel like they were smart enough to like learn a deck or or understand the format. Hey, guys, let me... To the people who say that you're dumb, let me just clue you in. But I need can confirm this. I'm a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm not smart. I am. I am passively smart at best, and uh, I. I'm. I'm okay. Like it's you. You don't need to be. Uh, you know, Oppenheimer to play freaking Cedh. Like it's. No, I mean the it's, fact that I'm good at this format should tell you all you need to know. I know, look at him. Smart. <laughs> yeah, look at that dumb kinda, guy. Kinda, look at that like, idiot. <laughs> well, there's so many resources for education already. There was like I think like Spike Fears for a while was doing better know a combo. A lot of people were doing things yeah. like here's a specific combo. Learn about this now you know right. And for a while I was like, which card goes first in Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation? I had to ask Ian for the first time I resolved one because um, I was like, I don't understand right. So like. I can understand feeling dumb. I'm not good at math. I don't know why I picked this game. I'm not good at math. I barely can read my cards, right? Um, and I wasn't. That's why you really... play Kinnon, right? Is yep. because you're bad at math. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's. I think one of the things that has come up besides Mulligans being the hardest is like knowing when to interact, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing where I think you can rely on your partners at the table, to or the players at your table which sometimes it's not the best, but like asking people if they have interaction, if this is a good time to interact, like having those conversations doesn't have to entirely be in your own head when somebody else yeah. can be like, this is a thing. And that's, right? that's the thing is like table talk is a real thing in multiplayer. And mm-hmm. one of the things that you're not going to get in, you know, a one V one environment is that table talk. And you can't talk mm-hmm. to other people because it's outside help. Whereas mm-hmm. in CEDH, there's two other people who, if that spell resolves, are going to die. So mm-hmm. if you have a piece of interaction, they're probably going to give you some sort of inclination as to whether or not this is a proper time to get involved. Like, it it generally feels like uh, table talk is part of the game and is encouraged. And I think that that getting good at knowing how that works i think is one of the most rewarding parts about the game too mm-hmm. yes very fully agree i think uh yeah it's 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 a format that has had years and years of misconceptions and it's so easy nowadays to look at it and be like man it's so much better than it was like it really like is the amount of the amount of bullshit that people used to say about cedh that was just like not even close to true it was like 
insane and things have gotten insanely better but i appreciated this thread because it reminded me that like for all the work that we've done we still have a while, like a ways to go yeah um once again it still is nice to be able to and i remember actually it's funny when lou first started like publicly like championing playing cedh I remember you were like so frustrated about the state of things at one point and you were like, oh, I don't get why people believe this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, it's gotten so much better. You have no Trust idea. It's <laughs> like, they used to be fucking awful. Listen, I have been, like, I, I, I remember the days where I was like publicly accosted for it because it was mm-hmm. just like, it, it was looked down on so heavily in the community that if you even like went near it, you would mm-hmm. get like, a dick box thrown at and mm-hmm. it, it just like it has evolved so much from there mm-hmm. where it has become part of the magic landscape yeah. to the point where like wizards is aware and is also considering it when they do things like mm-hmm. that is yeah, like like iacedh specific reader and, and ambassador for wizards at the current moment like that is miles different than any other scenario than has like, like two years ago that wouldn't have been yeah. a thing yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. If you told me wizards would be working with me directly, I would actually laugh out loud at you in yeah. the past, right? So we made progress. As I said, still a while to go, but I think there are so many resources out there, and I think there it helps having people like you, Lua, uh, having people like just like who are approachable, like people like the Jank Lords, like playing yeah. CEDH in the public space, who are like they're they're the definition of people who are just there for the enjoyment of the game, right? Yeah. Like. Uh, and, and people who genuinely love this game and who are not like, you know, the the same cookie cutter people you see all the time who you, you would define CEDH people. Like I've like when I met Sinestra for the first time, I was like, you are exactly how I think a CEDH player. If someone were to write down yes. what you, I think you are, I was like, that's that's exactly who you are. And I was like, but I've also met people who are like, oh, I would never assume that that's the, their main way of playing this game. And that's good. We want more diversity. We want more people. We want more people who are doing uh, who don't look the same and talk the same and act yeah. the same. We want different opinions. We want people to come play magic. And I know it's been a problem with magic in general. And the more people this can reach, the more audience comes into the game, the less we stop or the, yeah, the less we gatekeep each other from enjoying a card game, yeah. <laughs> the the better it is. Right. It's yeah. uh, the most fun I have playing magic, like hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I just don't get the anger behind it. I guess like, I get if you're at your LGS and you're playing like some lower power decks and some asshole mm-hmm. comes with like a CDH deck and like pup stomps you. I can understand that. But that it, the ratio of that is so low in comparison to like that doesn't really happen. What happens? And right? when you think it happens, it's really not a CEDH deck mm-hmm. because I can mm-hmm. tell you that CEDH players do not actively seek out opportunities to pup we, stomp. Yeah, nobody wants to do, do that. No, it's awful. Yeah. Like, I actively avoid that scenario more than anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't like a game feeling free, right? I don't like feeling like, yeah. I, like I like the challenge. I like the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I like the resources. I like building the thing. Oh, yeah. But I don't like to feel like, I don't like to sit at a table where one person does everything and nobody can take game actions. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, Ian, oh, the freaking Mox Masters, where I was up all night watching you and I was like, all right, he's in the top four. This is going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. I got into my bed. I turned on the TV. I had a little snack. And it was like, and we lost on turn two on the play. Yeah, it was like five minutes, and I was like, "This doesn't happen." <laughs> like I, mean, yeah. I was like ready to go. Um, yeah, but the the number of that happening is like so low. Like even mm-hmm. we recently filmed some episodes, and we did a game mm-hmm. in like fifteen minutes, and I was like, "We have to record another one because that was like the fastest game that we've had on here." Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, those are like lower chances. 
Mm -hmm. Obviously, they don't have mm -hmm. it, but I still think yeah. it's fun. Yeah. But not when it's too fast and there's nothing happening. Yeah, I want to have fun too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I very much uh, understand that. And I mean, and that's why I you always see me out here. Uh, I think Tivit is the first time I think I've ever played what I consider to be the best deck in the format, like hands down. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just don't think I've it's ever also fun. <laughs> like, well, it 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 Tivit happens to be the weird cross section of mm -hmm. is really good and also happens yeah. to be exactly my type of bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I so. literally was like the first time I played Tivit at a tournament, it was because I couldn't find the pieces to play Marnia. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll try Tivit instead. I kind of wanted to test that one, and now it's one of the best decks in the format. But it's so like big let's... cat, it has ward. It's stupid. It's so dumb, and it's it, so dumb. it it's. Yeah, and it wins on like such a fun angle, and it's and just it, like still, yeah. I owe the rise of Tivit to uh, Omar from my old LGS because they're just playing it, and I was like, "Huh, that card's a pain in the ass for me to kill right now." And they were like, "Yeah, you should try it." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I really appreciate Lua, uh, the work that you have done to get the community mm -hmm. like get some good press for the community because the community has been uh kind of i feel like since jim uh stopped being as involved in cedh and when the lab maniacs kind of fell off uh it is the, the format is kind of needed a champion that is uh, a, a big name and it's uh great to have you be our champion uh because i'll not gonna lie, you do a lot of you do a lot of good press. Uh <laughs> yeah, I won't I might not know everything about every deck. I might be a little slower to learn, which is just my disabilities, right? Like it's fine. Um, but I will be the heart and soul of Commander if I can. Like I I just want to show people how fun this is. I want them to feel safe in the spaces. I want them mm -hmm. to like experience this because for me it's been the most again fun I've had, the most joy I've had playing magic in general has been through cdh been the people that i've met um you know the meetup that we did uh wasn't in vegas no it was in minneapolis like where there was a bunch of cdh players like that was very wholesome for me so mm -hmm. having things like that is so special having people come up to me and be like i started cdh because of you i'm like i'm literally a scrub in this format but that's <laughs> super cool that i can help people feel like that and i think that you yeah. guys do that too i i know that obviously play to win playing power like people are really becoming so personal that are making people want to try yeah. this and that's all i want to do period yeah. mm -hmm. i want help yeah I, I i feel i feel that and i'm i'm very glad that we have you around for doing that um <laughs> and i'm glad to call you a friend because uh i like having good people as friends so you know i like <laughs> playing magic and your friendship <laughs> in that order <laughs> uh so lua for people who uh want to find you uh and uh want to follow the content that you do follow you on twitter all that stuff how can or x whatever the fuck it's called um how yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, uh how how can people find you and uh where are you going to be here over the next uh month or two Oh God, a lot. So my name is Lewis Stardust. Um, you can find me and all of my information at lewisstardust.com. I am one half of the fantastic Magic the Gathering game show called Scry Babies, which Callahan actually edits. And it's really fun do. that we're doing this today. Yeah. Um, we do CDH and regular 
commander on our channel, but we're also launching something really soon where you can see more of our 60 card, um, more of our constructed formats and things like that. Uh, I will be at a lot of events. I'll be at Vegas, like I said, doing some CDH stuff. We're going to the Festival of the Nights thing. We're doing a lot of stuff, honestly. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even name it off if I want to. Yeah, you uh, guys are like constantly busy. We're like it's actually nuts till like the end of October between like regular Comic Cons and Magic events. So uh, we mm -hmm. post those on Twitter. If you want to see us at events, come say hi. I usually have some Scrybabies merch um, with me or stickers and things to pass out, and I would love to play Magic with you. Yeah, awesome. I also work on the Scrybabies sometimes. You do, did you do? He's Ian is You're the onset judge uh, set coordinator everything ian does what i would do if i lived in philadelphia and could do it for yeah. you uh but unfortunately we are separated by quite a lot of mileage and farmland so um, um thank you for having me though I, I love talking to you about this kind of stuff thanks for coming on i always love love having you on uh this is what your second time on the show question mark okay yeah this is also like the most cohesive episode we might have ever had, and it's really <gasps> disconcerting. Can I ask? This a might question? be the most cohesive episode we've had since like Cobblepot's been on. Yeah. Like, can I ask a closing question? Of course. If you can give like one piece of advice to somebody who wanted to start CDH, what would it be? Don't play Lavinia. <laughs> <laughs> It's even funnier because that is the advice you gave me. Yeah. Starting this that is, actually, I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the podcast. Yeah. I started with Lavinia as one of my main decks and I was like, hey, there's all these Najilas in my pod. What do you do? And it was either you or Phoenix. And I can't remember which one of you it was, but you guys both said, don't play Lavinia. And I sat there with my deck that I had just bought going, what? <laughs> This oh was before God. we even were making content. This was like years yeah. ago when we were just yeah. only running the Lavinia Discord. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like we would have people hop in and be like, hey, this is our first deck. And we were like, oh, buddy. <laughs> yep. Ian, what's uh, yours? Mine is always, so So, I, I'm a brewer at heart, right? Like I got to start with this to, so people understand my context. Play some notable decks first or at least watch good people play some notable decks first so like mm -hmm. pick up your blue farms pick up your dominic or right like play the good decks for a minute and get the context of the format or even if you're playing godo right like at least be there so you can passively understand what's happening around you right get the context of the format and then when you understand what makes cdh work brew it's such an amazing brewer's format like i i'm constant i have 600 decks in moxfield right now uh I am constantly making decks for this format. It's so much fun, but I also have context of, of what's happening, what makes certain cards good, what makes them playable when you combine cards together, right? So as soon as you get that context, it can feel like, a, oh, like CDH, I don't even understand how to bruise this format, or like, ah, uh, yes, this wins at my local store all the time. It has to be CDH. You can get rid of that mentality in like a month and actually get the context and be like, oh my God, this is so fun to brew in this space, right? And it's so easy to do, but just get a little bit of that context first so that you know what direction to follow. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that's really good. I'd piggyback off that, bringing it back to using Moxfield's playtest feature, mm -hmm. which is super, super fun. Yeah. Um, CDH Guide is a great resource. And there's yeah. al also I have like a link somewhere where it's like a bunch of uh, CDH channels that you can check out yeah. and find information. But yeah, definitely do your research. Definitely try some playtesting. 
And if you feel like you're in a space that is not as welcoming to you in this format, or you're sitting at a table and the people aren't as welcoming, then you can find another space. I promise you. I know that sounds harsh. Uh, I know no, that feels but like that's a lot. Hundred percent. But yeah. yeah, don't let one shitty sour pickle like ruin the rest yeah. of your play experience because it has been some of the most like beautiful, fun, memorable magic I've ever played. And I'm gonna <laughs> throw something at Ian in a second. Um, it's okay. But- <laughs> Yesterday, Ian was uh, the other day. Ian was making this like really good, like very poignant point, and I'm over here just like. Yeah, you fucking eating your cards like a sociopath. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, that 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 is part of. Listen. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Mind Sculptors podcast. I'm your host Callahan. <laughs> one card, like I was Gambit, and you threw the whole post-it thing at me. <laughs> With that, I'm Callahan. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Get mind sculpted. I'm trying to keep you yeah. All these memories bittersweet, yeah Gotta move, can't stay here no more Yo, que queso, que te gana la sone, gote we can't keep making these rain clouds Stay overhead Don't wanna keep this going Can't fix what's already broken Sin cagadori, cabado Honja, tenea, bado